0: 18 plus KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. It's time for your morning wake up call. Here's Jennifer Jones Lee.
1: Good morning, and welcome to a Monday. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Day. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How was your weekend? Ours was good. We did some plumbing because we had a sprinkler that went haywire. Have you ever noticed that you have a sprinkler that goes haywire? Then you notice a valve has gone haywire. And then the valve next to it goes haywire after you fix the valve. That's pretty much what ours was like. Took Amy King to dinner for her birthday. Yes, KFI's Amy King. Her birthday's in a couple weeks. We were just, it worked out. We could go this weekend. And uh, had a lovely dinner at Celestino's in Pasadena. Never been there before. Uh, but if you like gnocchi, like I like gnocchi, oh my goodness. It was filled with mushrooms in like a fondue cheese sauce. Stop it. Mmm me salivating at 5.02 in the morning. Anyway, the place was great. Here's what's up on your wake-up call. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy says the next few weeks will be tough as COVID-19 infections driven by the Omicron variant continue to surge. I'll get you some numbers from Southern California in just a few minutes. Also, we do know two British teens are in custody as part of an investigation into that standoff in Texas. We'll talk all about it with ABC's Karen Travers. Uh, Before we get into the investigation portion of it later in the hour, I want to get into what the president is saying specifically. I know that he's called the hostage situation at that synagogue in Texas an act of terror and says the U.S. won't tolerate situations like these. But he also wants to make sure that the blame isn't incorrectly placed on his administration for what happens. So, of course, there's always kind of got to be, you know, political side to things. And we'll talk about that with Karen in just a few minutes. But let's start with some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy says the next few weeks will be tough. Those were his words as COVID-19 infections driven by the Omicron variant continue to surge. He tells ABC's This Week that testing and mask wearing are important, but not enough.
0: It's also about ensuring uh, that we get more people vaccinated and boosted. It's one of the lessons of Omicron, that the vaccines are working to keep people uh, safe, to keep them out of the hospital, to save their lives. Uh, we just need to get millions of more people boosted.
1: Dr. Murthy says the Biden administration is working on getting new COVID tests and distributing free N95 masks for Americans. LA County health officials say the number of people with COVID-19 in county hospitals is more than 4,500. The number of ICU patients with COVID has increased by 20 people to 622. The county reported another 53 deaths from COVID. This news comes a day after officials reported 66 COVID deaths. That was the daily highest total since April of last year. Also, I just got a news alert from CNN that says China says the Winter Olympics tickets will not be sold in response to COVID-19. Instead, they will be distributed by authorities. So I'm not sure what that means, but I guess they get to pick and choose who is um, safe enough, I guess, to come into the venue. So anyway, that news just came out. Two British teens are in custody as part of the investigation into a standoff in Texas. Sky News reports they were arrested by Greater Manchester Police yesterday for questioning no information on how they're connected to the hostage-taking near Dallas Saturday. The arrests come after U.S. authorities identified the hostage-taker as as a 44-year-old from Great Britain. His name is Malik Faisal Akram. The investigation is now international, and that's between the U.S., Great Britain, and Israel. Now, today on this MLK Day, I want to tell you there are several free vaccinations and rapid testing events that are going on. Nine o'clock, you've got the Congress of Racial Equity Kingdom Day Parade Committee that will sponsor a free in-car COVID-19 rapid test in lieu of hosting an annual parade. So that's one way to honor it. You've also got at 9 o'clock, uh, the first AME Church of L.A. will host uh, free vaccinations. 1030 L.A.USD, uh, there's a second grader, Isabella Blue, and she and the Unite L.A. Foundation will o- offer walk-up COVID-19 vaccines and testings. And at 11, community-organized relief efforts and the Sutro Avenue Southeast Lamert Park Club will, Lamert that is Lamert Park, will host a COVID-19 vaccination and testing pop-up This one will be on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in Crenshaw Plaza at Baldwin Hills Crenshaw Plaza. 506 on your wake up call. Karen Travers, good morning to you. So I'm going to get into the investigation portion of what went down in Texas a little bit later this hour. But I think it's important Mm -hmm. to focus on what the president's response was to this, what he's calling an act of terror in Texas this weekend.
2: Yeah, he gave some brief remarks to reporters yesterday, and he said it was an act of terror. He praised the FBI and local law enforcement for safely putting an end to the standoff for the hostages. He had said yesterday that he had spoken with the attorney general, Merrick Garland, and he Garland told him that there was overwhelming cooperation between the local authorities there in Texas and the FBI. As the president put it. They did one hell of a job. The president also said he told the attorney general to make sure the administration, gets the word out to synagogues and other places of worship that the Biden administration will not tolerate this. The president said that we have the capacity to deal with the assaults, uh, in particular anti-Semitic assaults, but he said that people should be uh, assured that the administration is focused on this and is ready to respond. So pretty extensive comments from the president on Sunday about this incident over the weekend.
1: I know he tried to get a hold of the rabbi uh, from the synagogue, mm-hmm. and uh, I heard a quote this morning that said we just keep missing each other or something like that. Yeah. And uh, but it was, you know, I'm sure that uh, that synagogue needed that kind of reach out from the administration. And that probably gave them a lot of insurance that something would be done and that this wouldn't be tolerated.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, no indication that they did connect. I'm sure it was a pretty busy Sunday for the rabbi and others in the congregation there. But the president said that they had Uh, Missed each other, but we'll be speaking at some point. But certainly that show of support, the sign, the the message from the president yesterday hopefully goes a long way. The other thing the president focused on was the suspect. Uh, The president said that there were still facts that were coming in. He didn't want to get ahead of the investigation, but said that the assertion was that this man got the weapons on the street. And that while he said he had bombs, there was no indication of that but that he had spent his first night since coming here to the United States in a homeless shelter. The president went on to say, you know, that background checks are critical, but that the number of guns that are sold on the street, which might be the situation we're talking about here, he, the president said it's just ridiculous. He kind of put some blame on Washington yeah. for not moving forward on the issue of background checks. And, you know, this is something you and I have talked about a lot since he's taken office. They came in saying that uh, legislation on background checks, guns, things like that were going to be a priority. We've seen several high profile shootings over the past year. And afterwards, the questions have been very extensive to the administration. You know, what will be done now? What can be done now? And the administration, from Jen Psaki to other senior officials, have acknowledged the limitations on what they can do if Congress isn't acting. So, you know, to hear the president say yesterday that background checks are critical, but you can't stop something like that if it is indeed that guns are being passed around on the street. There's only so much that Washington could potentially do.
1: All right, Karen, thank you for that. And we'll get into the investigation portion of it coming up at 535. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thanks. See you later. ABC's Karen Travers. And it's, you know, that's a fine line you walk when you are running for president. And when you say, I'm going to get guns off the streets and we're going to have gun reform and whatever. That's all well and good and well intentioned. I don't doubt that for a half a second. But you have Congress. And if Congress doesn't go along with what you're thinking, eh, nothing gets done. And with this Congress, (laughs) I don't care what it is. I don't care if we are debating, hey, is the sky blue? Blue? Are you kidding? You know what I mean. They can't agree on anything. So it's it's hard to make these promises. But you have to know that if you make these promises and you say that you're going to, this is what you're going to do and this is what you're going to focus on, it's also going to give your opposition a whole lot of room to criticize you. So, I know it comes with the territory. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The first round is underway at the Australian Open. The Grand Slam event began without Novak Djokovic. This fan says it's just time to move on.
0: I'm relieved that it should have been um, organized before he came to Australia. So, it's, yeah, I'm glad it's all
3: over.
1: The defending tennis champ left Australia yesterday after a judicial review ruled that he violated the country's COVID-19 vaccination requirements. I saw a statement from Djokovic last night that said something like, paraphrasing here, but it was like, I'm disappointed, but I respect the court's ruling. Something like that. A nurse has died after a man attacked her at Union Station in Los Angeles. Remember this story from last week? Well, she died yesterday. Police say a man punched the 70-year-old woman in the head and knocked her to the ground. Officers found the man sleeping nearby a short time after he punched the woman and arrested him. He's being held on $2 million bail. A woman's been killed by a hit-and-run driver in Stanton.
0: The driver is wanted for allegedly hitting and killing a woman, then taking off. The Orange County Sheriff's Department says the person is believed to be driving a 2007-2009 to 2009 Toyota Camry. It says it's unsure what the color of the car was. Investigators are asking anybody with information on yesterday
1: morning's hit-and-run to call them. Blake Trolley, KFI News. Well, the Costa Mesa Police Department has started a bait program. What it's trying to do is catch people who steal catalytic converters from cars. Police say there were 381 catalytic converters stolen in 2021. That's compared to 115 in 2020. That's a big jump. They say they have placed undercover cops to watch over parked bait cars throughout the city. Well, this was a wild story over the weekend. Tsunami warnings have been canceled along the West Coast and all across the Pacific Rim after a volcano erupted close to the Pacific Island nation of Tonga and triggered high waves. ABC's Ronan Alley says the Australian and New Zealand governments have sent surveillance flights to assess the damage. Authorities had to rescue several beachgoers in northern and southern California.
3: Many residents had to scramble. The water just came in took
2: the dock out
3: and in south america two people were killed in unusually high waves in peru
1: in ventura the strong tsunami swells ripped through a harbor and took several boats with it i don't know if you've seen the picture of the actual underwater volcano that's the craziest thing i've seen it was fascinating police in abu dhabi say a possible drone attack may have killed three people and wounded six the attacks may have set off an explosion that struck three oil tankers and another fire at an extension of Abu Dhabi Airport. Yemen's rebels have claimed responsibility for an attack targeting the United Arab Emirates, but have not said where it was. The body of a commercial diver has been found off the coast of Huntington Beach. The diver was reported missing near the uh, near an oil platform on Sunday. The coast Guard and other agencies searched for the missing man. His body was found about ten. And Scream has pulled Spider-Man No Way Home down from the top box at the box office this weekend. The fifth installment of the Scream franchise brought Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell from the original movie, although it didn't break any records, still a very strong showing for what might be an indicator of more box office success with this year's big slate of potential uh, blockbusters coming up. And Betty White's 100th birthday would have been today. Oh, It's inspired animal rescue organizations to ask for support. The Betty White Challenge started on social media following White's death last month. It encourages people to donate five bucks today to animal rescue organizations in Betty White's name. And what's great about this, that's ABC's Jason Nathanson, any organization, any organization you want, donate five bucks today. I love this because Betty was I, I read something from her publicist that she was an advocate for animals, not an activist, because there are a lot of people who say, oh, but she loved meat and she loved, you know, that kind of thing. Right? Yeah, she did. All she wanted you to do was rescue the animals. She was huge in that. And that knowing that at the LA Zoo, they were properly taken care of and that sort of thing. Animal advocate is a beautiful way to describe her. Now, Pink's Hot Dogs, by the way, is paying tribute to Betty White by donating a week's worth of proceeds from the sale of its Betty White naked dogs to the L.A. Zoo. The two things she loved. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And And she was to so many of us. She just didn't know it. Betty White would have turned 100 today, and we're going to talk about a special mural in her honor that a local artist has done. That is, it's just, I love it because there's a, not only does it honor Betty White's side of it, but it gives you the opportunity to do something Betty White would have loved for you to do. That's coming up in just a second. This is your wake up call for a Monday. Thanks for joining me. I'm Jennifer Jones Lee, and some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24 hour newsroom. LA County's reported the highest number of COVID deaths in a single day since last April. The Department of Health says there were 66 deaths and 41,765 new COVID cases. There are almost 4,300 people currently in the hospital with COVID in LA County and California. The number of people in the hospital with COVID is more than doubled in the last two weeks. And one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, Charles McGee, who flew fighter combat missions over three wars has died. Vice President Kamala Harris and the Secretary of Defense said McGee died yesterday at 102 years old. The Tuskegee Airmen were the first African-American unit to fly combat planes in World War II. All right, right now, let's say good morning to Corey Maddie. who, Corey, I'll let you f- tell this story, but I think you started out with the idea, let's honor Betty White for her 100th birthday, which would have been today. And then we all got the just sad, sad news that Betty White passed away just weeks before her 100th birthday. And so I guess you had to kind of switch up your plan a little bit.
3: Yeah, I I did, actually. um, But it, it actually made it a little more special because I provided the QR code for a local dog rescue so people could actually honor her. At the Betty White challenge and actually go up to the wall and donate um and give back to you know the uh, local LA shelter.
1: Which so it,
3: you, sorry, go ahead. Oh
1: no, I was going to say you literally gave me goosebumps with that. When I saw this story, <laughs> I went, "Oh, this girl is a girl after my own heart." Uh but I I this, there's something about Betty White and I don't know if it was the smile. I don't know if it was the sassiness, a combination of the two. You couldn't help but love her. She was so funny. She was so personable. And my thing is she loved animals. So right there, I wanted her to adopt
3: me at some point. <laughs> Literally, I feel like she was the grandma I wish I always had.
1: Yes, you know? yes, 100%. <laughs> what? Tell me about the mural, though, before we get into the QR code.
3: Yeah, um, so... Well, originally I wanted to do something for her 100th, like you said, and then a couple of days later she passed, which her uh, timing of her death was also a perfect comedic um, exit. Uh, everyone was toasting to her on the 31st, so well played. Right. Um, and then I, so I, immediately I found a wall within a day, and then um, I just, I knew I needed to get it up before her 100th, and that was, so I, I, I did it last week. Uh, it took me about 15 hours. Um, and then I had the idea of the QR code. So that's, that's kind of where it all came together.
1: It is a beautiful mural. Tell everybody what it looks like.
3: Okay. So, um, yeah, it's yellow. It's very bright <laughs> um, with doves around it. And it's Betty White uh, in black and white. Um, that's, my, that's my style. You do two tones, so black, white, and then yellow. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's pretty basic, but underneath it's pretty, uh, be more like Betty, which is something that I think we all strive, need to strive to be like, um, mild human. And there's so many things that I could say about her. Um, and I think that's, that's really it. And then the QR code.
1: Now, okay, go into the QR code. Where did you come up with that idea, and how can people do it and use it? Because we were talking earlier about this uh, Betty White Day and that people are being asked to just donate 5 bucks to a, a rescue of some sort for animals.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, so I came up with the idea because uh, my street art name is L.A. Hope Dealer, and uh, a lot of my pieces do provide access to activism. So I figured, well, what's the best way to interact with one of these murals is you know her being a prominent animal welfare advocate let's let's do the dog rescue so you can go up to the the wall and it goes directly to wagmore pets um venmo so it makes it super easy to give back to the community um and then we did a i obviously did it further and i'm releasing prints and um shirts today that 100% of the profits will go to wagmore pets um with the mural on the shirt and then there's a QR code actually i printed on the shirt so anyone wearing the shirt could actually have people around them donate to Wagmore Pets as well. Can you
1: get these at LAHopedealer.com?
3: Yes, they will be on there in a few hours. Uh, most of my most of my team's not up yet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: I don't blame them. I get it. Okay, I am definitely gonna get one of those shirts because I love being a a walking QR code to help animals. What what was it, Corey, specifically that made you want to paint a mural for Betty White? I mean, when you were just planning on painting one for her 100th birthday, what is what is it about her?
3: Well, there's a few things. I mean, she was a trailblazer for women. In, yeah. I mean, not even just in the entertainment industry, but she just showed that in the face of, you know, adversity as in a male-dominated industry that you can succeed. Um, animal welfare advocate. She opposed racial injustice in the 50s with Arthur Duncan, the local tap dancer, that, um, you know, people were giving her trouble for airing an African-American man on her show. And she said, too bad deal with it and aired him more actually, which I love her. That's stubborn. And I love that. (laughs) Um, She was a huge supporter of the LGBTQ community. And I honestly, when she really captured my heart was golden girls all through college. Like I've had every, (laughs) I had all DVDs. So I had seasons one through seven of golden girls and I would fall asleep listening to them talk. So it was like that's that's where really where she captured my heart as a Rosen Island.
1: <laughs> I think you and I are separated at birth because I can't tell you <laughs> how many times I fell asleep to the Golden Girls. And my husband, uh, when he would send me things or whatever, when we were kind of dating long distance, he would send me the DVDs of the seasons of the Golden Girls. I swear you and I, yeah, we need to meet for sure and just sit down, have popcorn and watch the Golden Girls. But tell me a little bit about you, Corey, because you didn't start out as... A muralist or an artist, you had a completely different world on a completely different coast.
3: Lucky Land Casino asking
1: people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do
0: I have to say?
1: Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No
3: purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I came out here in 2015, but originally I went to, um, I was in, sports management so i I went to you know university of maryland for kinesiology and then georgetown for sports management and then i was working in sports and then i just um found myself coming home and drawing for like hours on end and then i was like you know what let me just (laughs) try my try my hand in my passion and i packed my car and moved out west in 2015 and, and that the rest is history and then i um i really became a street artist by accident during the pandemic where um I knew, you know, all my projects kind of flatlined and everyone had to lock down and I was like, Well the only thing that that's gonna keep me sane is actually the paint. So I found a wall. Um and then I uh I did yeah, on Tuesday I started it. I finished on Wednesday, it said cancel plans not humanity with my LA hope dealer um character, which is basically me with a, a coat that has the hope in trend, um and in the inside. Um, and then on Thursday it was in L.A. Times, so I knew I was on to something. And then uh, that's when I went zero to one hundred and kind of spearheaded painting on the the wooded, um, you know, the boarded up shops. And uh, I gained a lot of traction that way. And then also with the civil and un- the, all the civil unrest, um, I kind of fused art and activism. And that's where L.A. Hope Dealer was really born. So um, it's it, it's a way to provide you know access to activism, showing that kindness is cool basically what betty white stood for in in art <laughs> that's basically what la hope dealer is um so that's why we just had to pay homage to her in the, in the way that we did
1: well you keep her legacy going please paint more because your murals are gorgeous and i just love what you've done for betty white and for animals and everything i mean it's just such a beautiful tribute so Corey, thank you so much for putting your talent into this
3: tribute thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. And lahopedealer.com later this morning is where you can go to get one of the shirts or uh, prints that she has with the mural on it and the QR code so that you two can connect and give that five bucks today. Corey Maddy, thank you so much. lahopedealer.com. I hope to talk to you again.
3: You will. Thank you. All right. Sounds good.
1: Thanks, Corey. I love that. And again, today being... See, there's something about today. It's MLK Day, and it would have been Betty White's 100th birthday. Doesn't that all scream activism and taking action and fighting for what you love and passion and giving back? I don't know. There's something very beautiful happening today. Anyway, I just, I love what Corey did, and I feel she definitely needed to be highlighted about now the funk so brother check it out it's kfi now. am 640 so live rubber. everywhere on the iheart radio app i want to scurry and get right to abc's jim ryan hey jim good morning so we've got counterterrorism experts britain working with the fbi trying to learn more about the man who held hostages at the synagogue in texas what is his id now
0: well, yeah, he has been identified. He was identified uh, late Saturday. Malik Faisal is his name. Uh, he, he was uh, shot and killed. We know that two other people were taken into custody back in his homeland in in Great Britain. They apparently were his two teenage sons. They were being questioned about what they knew about uh, what was going on with their 44-year-old father on Saturday. The ordeal at the synagogue lasted for about 11 hours. When it was all over, the hostages all were safe. They apparently escaped on their own. And Malik Faisal Akram was shot and killed either by the SWAT team officers or he shot and killed himself. We don't know quite sh- which one yet.
1: And he'd only been here for a couple of weeks, right?
0: Well, he got here at the end of December, so sure, it was a, a few weeks that he had been here. He flew into JFK from the U.K., made his way somehow to Texas. Uh, we're not The only indication that he would have come here is that this Pakistani terrorist who's serving an 86-year prison sentence is being held at the medical unit, the women's medical prison unit, at Fort Carswell Air Force Base in Fort Worth. Her name is Afia Siddiqui, and she has become something of a celebrity in these extremist circles, and so it would be surprising that he may have heard something online And was demanding her release. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen, though.
1: So he gets here a few weeks ago. He buys a gun, I'm assuming, off the streets?
0: That's what the president has said, that uh, the gun was bought on the streets somewhere.
1: Okay. And then he goes to Texas. He uh, holds these people hostage. uh, He lets them go. And then what about these two teens that were arrested? How do they connect to Faisal?
0: They're his sons. They uh, are. Apparently. Okay. Yeah, his two teenage sons. Now, it's not. You know, there's, there's no clear indication that he had help from anyone or in either planning this or carrying it out. Uh, that they think the counterterrorism people in Britain were questioning these two simply to find out what what they knew. By the way, the hostages weren't freed. The first hostage, the first of the four, was let go several hours before it all ended. The final three, including the rabbi, managed to escape. They threw one of them through a chair. At uh, Akram, and they all ran out the back door. He was right behind them and then dipped back inside, and that's when the SWAT team moved in.
1: Oh, thank God. All right, thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Jim. All right, see you later. ABC's Jim Ryan. Uh, That's incredible that they were able to throw a a chair at the guy and get away. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that movies are made of for sure. Well, uh, as we get more information, though, and obviously we will – There are going to be so many questions now. Like Jim said, did he read about something online that prompted him then to come to Texas, try and, uh, I don't know, show his anger for the fact that the U.S. had this doctor that that we were holding, and so he wanted to come and lay into it, um, lay into us for it? Uh, Is he part of something bigger uh, what do his sons know? Are they going to clam up, or are we hopefully going to have a couple of songbirds that can tell us more about their dad? What his mindset was? You don't know. Could they be involved in something? Is this a much bigger balloon than we know? Possibly. All right. I know I told you that I would give you more on this story, and it is—it's these bar patrons in Mineral Point, Wisconsin. And for years, they have been buying beers for Betty White. And there's this local pub that tallies them on the chalkboard. And the whole hope is that one day she might stop by and drink them. All these beers that were bought for her. Although I love that the story points out, not all in one sitting. Sadly, Betty White never made it to Commerce Street Brewing for a pint. And even though she will not be able to enjoy her designated drinks, obviously, at the pubs, fans are hoping, though, that they can still do something in her honor. So what they want to do is with all the proceeds of the beers that are bought for Betty White in her honor going forward, every time they buy a beer in honor of Betty White, the money goes toward an animal charity charity that was close to her heart. How great is this? So, they refer to her as Middle Point's favorite golden girl. She really is. I wasn't here on the day that uh, Betty White passed. I was on vacation. So, I never really got to, you know, do a little tribute or anything to her. (laughs) So, I know. This is one of those stories where a handle goes, you shouldn't tell that on the air. Well, I'm telling it. So, in 2008, when I covered the Re- the National Republican Convention, it was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So off to Minnesota, I go for a week to cover the convention. And I knew I was going to be there for, I forget what it was, eight days or something like that. And so I covered the convention, stem to stern, you know, and we'd get on a little bus every day and ride over to the Minneapolis Convention Center. And, you know, we'd interview senators and whomever. And, you know, it was it was great. And at the end of it, I called my boss and I said, I have a favor to ask. Can I have an extra day so that I can stay here in Minneapolis and see the place? And he says, well, yeah, what do you want to see? He said, you want to go to the big mall? No. Actually, I'd already been there. Funny, I was able to track down some of our California Congress members at the mall, which I always thought was very funny. Uh, No, I said, I want to go to St. Olaf. And he said, what the hell St. Olaf? And I said, don't you watch the Golden Girls? It's Betty White's hometown. And he said, there's actually a St. Olaf. And I said, well, there's a St. Olaf University. He goes, that is just weird enough. All right, fine, you can go. So off I go to St. Olaf University, which is beautiful, and I got my, I went to the bookstore, I took some pictures, and I got myself some shorts that on the butt say St. Olaf. There's my big Betty White tribute. And I still have those stupid shorts to this day. I have to find them. I have no idea where they are, but uh, they're still around. Anyway, Betty, that was my tribute to you. You didn't know how much I loved you, you didn't know what a great person I thought you were, but. I think you're pretty amazing. So if anybody today has an extra five bucks on them, any animal charity, it doesn't even have to be one that I support. And if you're thinking, I don't know which one to support, then I would definitely tell you I love Pasadena Humane. You know that. That's my if someday I could work somewhere else, it would be Pasadena Humane Society. So Pasadena Humane dot org is where you can go. And I also am a big supporter of Best Friends Animal Society. We try and have them on as often as we can. So if you're able to donate to either of those two today, I know that they are awesome organizations. And I know that your money will be well spent and well used. So again, Betty, to you, hats off on what would have been your 100th birthday. Well, Prince Harry is taking legal action. He's challenging the government in the UK and a decision that keeps him from personally paying for police protection for himself and his family when they are in the UK. Harry's legal team said they had initiated this challenge in September of last year, but decided to make the information public now because they wanted to set the facts straight. Because, oh weird, there was a leak in a British tabloid? That never happens. Prince Harry wants to bring his son and daughter to visit from the US but he and his family say they're unable to return home because the they say it is too dangerous. In particular, Harry's privately funded US security team he says cannot replicate the necessary police protection that is needed while they are in the UK. Now, a legal representative said the duke remains willing to cover the cost of security as to not impose on the British taxpayer, but um at this point I guess nothing has has changed. And I, I do think it's a little bit weird that the queen can't step in and offer, I don't know, her own security of some sort. I would assume that when anybody, the queen wants to have visit, comes over, they have their own security detail that would take that over. And I assume that it would be paid for by the monarchy. But uh, it's a little bit weird. I feel like it's a little strange that... You know, Harry basically divorces the monarchy, and the <laughs> the monarchy basically divorced him, is kind of what it sounds like. So, anyway, we'll see what happens on that front. Don't what so please stop explaining. Don't tell it it's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on this Martin Luther King Jr. day. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee, and some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy says the next few weeks will be tough. As COVID-19 infections driven by the Omicron variant continue to surge, Dr. Murthy says the Biden administration is working on getting new COVID tests and distributing free N95 masks for Americans. Now, L.A. County health officials say the number of people with COVID-19 in the hospitals in the county is more than 4,500. The number of ICU patients with COVID has increased by 20 to 622 The county reported another 53 deaths from COVID. This news comes a day after officials reported 66 COVID deaths. That was the highest daily total since April of last year. Two British teens are in custody. This is part of that investigation into the standoff in Texas. As Jim Ryan just told us, we now understand that the two teenagers are the sons of the shooter who was killed after the hostages were able to get away from him in Texas yesterday. So we'll try and figure out what, if any, potential connections that the shooter could have or the hostage taker could have had to any possible larger organization. And Novak Djokovic is out and the Australian Open is underway. Yesterday, Novak Djokovic knew that he got his visa uh, pulled. And uh, one thing that I also learned this morning was in Australia, usually if you get your visa pulled for whatever reason, Usually there's a three-year ban on when you can come back, and they haven't said if that's going to apply to Djokovic or not, but the way that Australia is like, hey, if it applies to one person, it applies to everybody, I wonder, so does this mean he's out of the Australian Open for this year and the next three? Possibly. All right, you had major airline cancellations over the weekend. Yesterday alone, 57,000 flights had been delayed, 47,000 had been canceled, I'm sorry, 5,700 had been delayed and 4,700 had been canceled. Now, last week, we were talking about a number of flight delays or cancellation because they didn't have the crew to staff some of these planes. I believe it was United Airlines we were talking about last week. And that was because not that people weren't coming to work or that they uh, didn't have enough employees. It's because people got COVID, so they couldn't come to work. On top of that, now we get to add... A major winter storm in the southeast, so you had major hubs at the center of the chaos: Charlotte's Douglas International Airport in North Carolina, Hartsfield Jackson in Atlanta, and uh, some of these places uh, they got snow, but they also have they have terrible ice storms in Atlanta. So just because you don't see a whole bunch of snow on the ground, and you're thinking, why is you know why is Atlanta impacted by that? My husband tells me about these crazy ice storms that they used to get when he was a kid and uh, what he remembers from them, and that they would just sort of stop everything. Almost worse than a snowstorm would. But if you have a flight right now because of the crazy winter weather on the East Coast, even if you're not flying East, there's always that ripple down effect. So if you want to go ahead and check ahead with your carrier, might be a good idea. Did you see these stories um, that Union Pacific now says uh, that it might avoid operating in L.A. County because of a spike in thefts? And it blames on lax prosecution of crimes. Oh, who's that going after? George Gascon. Mm -hmm. Union Pacific said last month in a letter that the LADA to they wrote a letter to the LADA that it saw a 160 percent year over year increase in thefts in L.A. County. Union Pacific said in its letter in the last three months of the year, it made over 100 arrests of active criminals vandalizing trains in partnership with the L.A. Police Department and Sheriff's Department. But Union Pacific, which has its own police department, said that even it is it expanded its own security resources and partnered with law enforcement, the problem isn't going away because after these criminals are arrested, they are released from custody within 24 hours. And they say, hey, if we know that we are going to get looted or robbed or whatever the case may be as we go through L.A., maybe we're just going to find other ways to get our shipments around. And I'm telling you, when it starts hitting money, and I'm sorry to say this, that sometimes it's not just the impact that it has uh, on victims that a district attorney's um, ideas or his policies have, it's when it starts impacting money that sometimes makes officials stand up and take notice. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a sick reality. I think it's disgusting, but it is what it is, as my mom would say. So if you go to Starbucks or Chipotle and all of a sudden you see a sign on the door that says hours cut or new hours, well that's because of COVID nineteen. And so these chains, Starbucks and Chipotle, say they are temporarily limiting operations at their stores because they are facing labor shortages and a rise in COVID nineteen. So you've seen all the help wanted signs pretty much everywhere you go, right? And they can't get enough people to work in the store in the first place. And now the people that they do have working in their stores are coming down with COVID. And then if you get COVID, you know, you're off for a week or so. So now they're having trouble staffing these sites because of those two coming together. So there you go. So if you go to Starbucks or you go to Chipotle and it's closed, you probably know why. DirecTV says it plans to drop the right wing TV channel One America News Network. And it's the move by the largest satellite TV provider in the U.S. that's expected to significantly shrink the reach of the channel that's loyal to ex president Trump. The San Diego based OAN receives nearly all its revenue from DirecTV. So who will be the big money behind it now if DirecTV drops it? I don't know. The network has been criticized for spreading conspiracy theories and disinformation about the 2020 election and COVID-19. DirecTV says it will no longer carry OAN in early April. And finally, let's end on a Dolly Parton story, shall we? She's a national treasure, isn't she? Well, Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams is re-releasing Dolly Parton's Strawberry Pretzel Pie Pint in conjunction with with her Run Rose Run novel and album. First of all, if you've never had strawberry pretzel pie or strawberry pretzel salad, as it's sometimes called, oh, that is just a poor man's delight. And I say that because pretty much I think it came from families who didn't have a lot of money and they put together this salad. And it is amazing, including mine, who put it together. So this company made... um this ice cream, it was supposed to be just kind of an exclusive one-time thing. But now that Dolly Parton has come out with a new album, Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream says that it is partnering one more time with the singer to have this limited edition run. And so both the ice cream and the album are available at Shop Jenny's. That's J-E-N-I-J-E-N-I-S dot com. And you can get Run, Rose, Run, the companion album is scheduled for March 4th, so Run Rose Run is the book. You can get your ice cream, and March 4th, you can get more Dolly Parton. And that's what the world needs. More MLK, more Betty White, and more Dolly Parton. We just put a bow on this show. This is KFI and KOSTHD to Los Angeles. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call